Well, hey, y'all, and welcome back to another episode of Faith and Friends. Today's friend is going to tell you all about her Jesus. I'm beyond honored that we get to chat with Ann Wilson, singer, songwriter, and most importantly, a beautiful daughter of the King and our sister in Christ. Her first book, My Jesus, From Heartache to Hope, released this week, and to celebrate Ann's sharing a piece of her heart with us today. I hope you enjoy this episode. And it is such a joy to have you here at Faith and Friends today. You are truly incredible. I'm just so grateful that you are you because we need you, girl. We need you. Thank you so much. That's so sweet of you. It's just true. Seriously, like your story, your your faith, your influence, like we need you. And as a young person today, I just like can say that to you sister to sister as the truth, because man, our generation needs to see Jesus. And that is what you're about. I mean, your debut mm-hmm. single was my Jesus. And there's just so much power in his name. And we're going to talk about all those things. But OK, you're a Kentucky girl. OK, and so let's go back. Tell me about growing up in Kentucky with your two precious siblings. What could we be seeing y'all do on an average day? Yeah. So um, (laughs) it was so fun growing up there. My older sister, Elizabeth, and then my older brother, Jacob. And so my granddad owns 700 acres of land in Kentucky. And so it's incredible, like beautiful country land, rolling hills. So Uh, I grew up going to the farm almost every weekend, which was so much fun. So that's kind of where I grew up the most in my childhood, or we would be in our neighborhood at the golf course or down in the Creek and playing in the water. And, uh, we were always, we always just loved to be outside together. So I had a great childhood. I'm super grateful. And, um, we always were getting into something and just doing something crazy or fun. So I have the sweetest memories from that. That's amazing. Did you love being the baby of the group? I did. I did. I would, I got picked on, but I also would like me and my brother would gang up on my sister and pick on her. So that was always fun. (laughs) That's so fun. There's nothing like siblings. It's just such a sweet, special bond. And I think the older you get, when you look back, you're like, oh, that was actually like really a great time. (laughs) Even though in the the thick of it, when it is hard or you are getting picked on or all those things, it's like, oh, but man, it's precious times. It is. It really is. It's incredible. So you're a country girl through and through Kentucky. We love. So were you always musical? Did you always know that you wanted to sing? No. So I actually, um, I grew up in a house where we had a lot of musical like family members. So like my dad's side of the family, he grew up singing, playing piano. His sister is incredible. She plays the organ, the piano, she can sing my Nana, my granddad, like everyone on my dad's side and my mom's side, all of her nieces and nephews and my cousins sing. So I grew up in a musical family, but it wasn't something that was super important to us growing up. Um, and we'd go to church and I'd sing like in the crowd, but I never was in the choir or anything like that. So my musical talent was basically just that I took piano lessons. My mom forced us, like we had mm-hmm. no choice. We had to take piano lessons. <laughs> I hated every minute, um, <laughs> me and my brother and my sister, and we all had to take them until we graduated high school. So, oh wow. That's a long time. It was a long time. I started when I was like five years old and I took piano lessons all the way up until I graduated. So a long time, but it was, it was good. And, uh, so that was kind of my like music that I did. And then I didn't actually sing in front of anyone or had no desire to, to be in music until 2017. But before then I wanted to be an astronaut and work for NASA. 
that was like my biggest passion. Stop I just like, it. loved it. I loved wow. space. I still love it now. It's I'm still fascinated with it, even though I'm in music now. Um, so I guess like growing up as a little girl, I always loved looking up into the sky and staring at the stars. It was just something that fascinated me even before I really knew Jesus intimately. Mm. And then when I met the Lord in seventh grade and I became a Christian, I started to just continue to be more fascinated with space. Cause I remember falling in love with Jesus and being so fascinated with his creation on earth, but then realizing like there's a whole other creation up in heaven or not, you know, up in heaven, but then up in um, the universe that we don't get to see and only very few people do. Mm-hmm. And so I started just kind of thinking about what it would be like to do that as like a job to be able to go to space. And naturally I was gifted at math and science and I was awful at writing in English. So like to now be in writing is so weird because it's the opposite wow. of what I grew up being gifted at. But I just had this desire to, to be an astronaut, work for NASA. And then in 2017, my older brother, Jacob passed away in a car accident when he was 23 years old, which was a really, really rough, you know, hard season and tragic, but through the loss of my brother was actually what led me to sing and start doing music. So I grew up in a musical family, but didn't like sing or whatever. And then when my brother passed away, that's when I started singing. Wow, girl, I have so much I want to talk about and say. This is a a lot to really unpack. It's so beautiful. First of all, I have tears in my eyes because I just think it's so beautiful that, my gosh, you didn't want to do music, but it's it's incredible. I mean, you loved it, but you know, it was different. You wanted to be an astronaut. You wanted to be a space girl, and you can still be a space girl. (laughs) But it's like he had this dream and this voice inside of you that it was a seed. And he was like, girl, just wait, I've just got to let the roots take, take deep into the ground and allow me to water it and to grow that faith of yours because your voice seriously. And like, it is one of my favorites. And, and I don't, I don't just say that girl, like, it's just true. It's anointed. There is power behind it. And I believe every word that you sing because of the heart that beats inside your chest because you're the real deal. And so, man, your faith, you had to grow up into that. And with the seventh grade and having that understanding of who Mm -hmm. Jesus was, I mean, that's your anchor in the midst of a really hard season. Mm -hmm. And so tell me about that season with your family and just having to hold on to the hope of Christ. What was that like? It was really hard. I mean, I don't know about you, but my biggest fear as a child was always losing my parents, Mm -hmm. not ever losing a sibling. You know, you see like movies and TV shows as a little girl. I used to watch Disney channel all the time and (laughs) like everyone lost their parents or something like that. But you don't normally lose a sibling because that's not the way of life. That's not how it's supposed to be. Like no parent should ever have to bury their own child or no sibling should have to bury their own sibling at that age. So that was really hard to just first, just accept the fact that he died at such a young age. Mm-hmm. And one of my biggest frustrations was that he didn't get to live his life. Like, I remember just being like, why didn't he get to get married? He didn't have kids. He didn't get to and like, I'm almost now the age that he was when he passed away and two and a half years, I'll be the age that he was. And so it's like wrapping my mind around that is super hard of just thinking about that. He like missed out on so much, but then I remember the Lord kind of revealing to me of like, the fact that that's so far from the truth, but that his life began when he went to heaven, like that's where the true life was found. And he didn't miss out on anything, but we're the ones missing out. We're the ones stuck down here in this place, in this sinful world. And we're the ones that need to be up there with him and that desire for that. And so 
but it was a really hard time. I mean, I think that overall it grew us closer together as a family. And then also, um, it really like strengthened our relationship with Jesus. And when you lose a loved one, you can go two ways. You can go farther away from the Lord. You can do it by yourself. You can resent him, hate him for it, or you can choose to trust God in the midst of it and rely on him. And he's going to get you through it in a, in a much better way. And you're going to have like the one that's taking care of you. And so I realized that early on, like I can't survive through this tragedy without God. So I'm going to choose to trust him no matter how hard it is. Yes. God could have stopped it from happening. All those questions come up in your head, but realizing that God is sovereign and he has a plan overall. And so I had to accept that. And so it was really hard for me and my family, but we, um, we chose to trust the Lord and we chose that to believe that God had a better plan, which he did. And now all of this in my career has come out of that loss. And so now we see why he did what he did and what's happening from it. And so it's just been really cool to see how God, you know, in the beginning, it was obviously a lot more painful than it is now because we were in the trenches of depression and grief. But now five years later, I look back and I go, okay, well, yes, it was still painful. It still is painful now, but God's literally saving people's lives through my music. And so that's what makes it like so special, you know, and that's what makes it like for our family as a unit, we're just like, it's okay. Like God had a plan in it. So it's still hard, but it's beautiful to see what God did. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I just know your brother's so proud of you and for him to be a part of the story. Like he is a big part of this story of the bigger story of Jesus. And I mean, you know, he's with the Lord. He's in paradise. You're right. And he, he would probably not come back. I mean, my gosh, we are in a simple (laughs) world, but you know, as here's the thing, I woke up yesterday and, and I looked in the mirror and I was like, I'm one day closer. Like we are one day closer to paradise. You're one day closer to seeing him again. And Mm -hmm. it's just so exciting. And you know what you're doing every day until then you're Mm -hmm. praising your father and you're mm-hmm. singing about his goodness and testifying mm-hmm. to this side of heaven. And you're literally allowing yourself to be used to bring more people with you. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. just <laughs> amazing. It's like, come on, everybody. Like, I know yeah. the days are dark, but let me tell you about the light of Christ. And let me tell you about my Jesus. And so before we get into that, because my gosh, girl, we love we love that song. But mm. to the friend that is going through the trenches of loss or just a really tough season, What is something or some things we should not say to a friend in the middle of it? Mm. It's very interesting. Um, I've been asked that question like a few times recently, but never before. So it's like, Mm. I always like, okay, I just am going to be honest about it. So I think the thing for us as a family, we all process grief differently. And so some people like to have like a ton of community with them when they, when they lose someone they love for me, I didn't want to be alone. I wanted to have family with me even throughout the middle of the night. I wanted to have friends sleeping next door so that I could wake up and not be stuck in my like depression. Distractions were basically my way of coping, which isn't probably healthy, but that's what it was for me at the time. And for my sister and my dad, it was alone time. Like they needed to be alone in their rooms by themselves, talking to God, processing it that way. Um, But for me, what really helped is that when people would just be there and support what didn't help. And what was frustrating was when people try to relate when they don't relate. Mm. And this is something that I think people need to, to really talk about is to everyone is going to 
you know, go through some sort of loss, loss of a grandmother, a parent, a sibling, a husband, whatever that type of loss is, but you don't fully understand unless you've fully been there and done that. And so even me, I can't fully relate with my own parents because I ha- I don't have a child. I can't relate with what it feels like to lose a child, and, but and they can't relate with me because they've not lost a sibling. So it's always that thing of like, I think just being there for each other and love and caring for each other rather than saying, I relate with this, or I understand when you don't understand or whatever, instead of that, just pray for them, show up for them, be there for them, drop off food, be there for them. And one of my favorite things that one of my friends did was she took like post-it notes and she wrote down Bible verses of encouragement. And we didn't even ask her to do this. She didn't ask us if it was okay or anything. She just went through a whole house under a bed, like in a cabinet, in the closet, and just stuck these sticky notes everywhere, all over the house. So anytime we had like a second of just going through something and we saw it, it would be such an encouragement for us. And so I think the best thing you can do for someone is just be there for them and be supportive of them rather than trying to relate when you don't understand or you don't relate and just accepting that you don't relate with them. You can't relate with them. And that's a gift because you haven't had to suffer through that loss, but just being there for them. And, um, and then obviously just praying for them and showing them Jesus through your actions. Mm. Yeah. I echo all that. I think you're absolutely right. Just showing up. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's just the power of your presence and your presence is a gift. It it is a present and your prayers like that is the ultimate gift. And so I love that. I love the intentionality of the sticky notes. That's so sweet. And my gosh, and God's word always meets you right where you are. So I bet that verse that you saw at that moment was exactly what you needed. Yes, it really, it always was. It was so comforting. That's amazing. Okay. So sis, I really don't know, like how, how'd you get to Nashville? How'd you get plugged in to the music community? Were you just like one day, okay, well, I guess let's just go sing and try this music thing. What was that <laughs> like? So I sang at my brother's funeral for the first time in front of anyone. Oh, wow. um, I'd never sang in front of anyone before. And I was worshiping downstairs at my piano one day and my mom comes in the room and she's like, Hey, aunt, we would love for you to sing at the funeral. Like, we didn't know you could sing. Like, what are you even doing? And I was like, no, you could sing. I didn't know I could sing. So I was like, I I don't, and I didn't think I could sing. Like I wasn't trying to have a career or anything. So I was just like, mom, you know, I'm just worshiping God and I'm just having time with him, but I'll pray about it and I'll see if God wants me to sing. So I felt God calling me to the funeral to sing there. So I sang at my brother's funeral for the first time in front of anyone like every family member and friend there had never heard me sing, including my sister. So it's just like out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then after that, I had a ton of family ask me to make a YouTube video of the song we did, which was what a beautiful name by Hillsong, which is a beautiful worship song. Mm-hmm. So we made a YouTube video of it, posted it on YouTube. And that video ended up going like semi-viral. And so that's what led to me meeting my previous manager in Nashville, who then developed me kind of brought me into Nashville. This was in the beginning of 2018. And, and he was like, Hey, this is what it's like to be in the music industry, but specifically the Christian music industry. This is what work it takes. This is what it's going to be like. So after praying about it and God showing up like miracle by miracle, we started working together and then, um, started going to Nashville and writing songs and eventually started talking to a couple different record labels and then got signed to Capitol records in 2019. 
And then since then, uh, I, well, from then until this past April, I wrote 135 songs for my first record, which was crazy. And, uh, I got to like dig deep into the tragedy of losing my brother and what those two years were like, or I guess four years were like, and then released my debut record in April of this year, 2022. So it's been really cool to like, look back and see how it's only been five years since my brother passed away, but God has done so much in these short five years and he's just, just done so many incredible things. So, um, but yeah, so that's kind of the quick summed up story of, you know, where I started and where I am now and how I got here. Girl. And I just can only imagine how many stories are in those five years of actually seeing the miracle, miracle by miracle of what he has done, just showing up. And also five is the number of grace. And so like, Mm -hmm. there's been so much grace in the last five years, like that is incredible. And we're just barely scratching the surface. And so I can't imagine like just how your, your sweetheart has just navigated these five years. It's, it's just amazing. And so one of those songs that you wrote with, I have it here with your good buddies, hold mm-hmm. on, Jeff Pardo and Matthew West. Tell me about going into that session. I mean, obviously, you know, I don't know why girl, but this keeps reminding me of, you know, the movie I can only imagine where Amy mm-hmm. Grant's literally saying to Bart, like, man, like, yeah, this song only took me five minutes to write. And she's like, no, sir, it did not. It took you a lifetime to write this song. And so yeah. when I think of you and your story, I'm reminded of that where it's like, you know, were you going into that session thinking, I'm going to write this song and it's going to genuinely change the world because this is an anthem that, and it's going to outlive you. It is out going to outlive us all. This is a classic. This is truly an anthem for our generation. It's so anointed. So tell me about going into that session. Yeah. So I think as songwriters, I never know when a song is going to be like a hit or whatever. Like that's not, I didn't grow up writing songs, so I don't have that really that like history to go, Oh, this is a hit and this is not a hit and whatever. So I normally have a gut feeling that this song, well, when I was writing my record, I would have a gut feeling like, okay, this song is going to make the record. This song could be a single, whatever. But past that you get to a point where you work as hard as you can. And then you release it into the hands of God and he does what he wants with it. So for my Jesus, it was my very first song ever releasing into the world. Very first radio single, which means a song that goes to radio and plays on radio stations around the country. And I walked into the right and I really just had this kind of like gut feeling that it was going to be a good song that day, but I didn't think it would do what it's done. But what was cool about it was that previous to that, right. I had been going back in my journals, looking over all these journals that I had kind of written in over the past couple of years. So when my brother passed away, I started journaling pretty much for the first time and I would write down the day's date. And then I would write down at the end of every single day that I was like, I got through another day, like Jesus pulled me through another day. And I wanted to prove to myself that I would survive the tragedy of losing Jacob. So I did that every day, but then years later, I looked back into my journals and I realized that the only name I had ever referred to God as was my Jesus. Like Mm -hmm. didn't realize it at the time wasn't thinking about it, but I would say, thank you, my Jesus for another day, or I love you, my Jesus or whatever. And I remember just thinking and asking God. And I I remember saying, Lord, why is it that I've only ever written my Jesus? And he spoke to me and he said, it's because it's the truth. You are mine and I am yours. And we have a personal relationship with each other. Mm -hmm. And that just meant so much to me. And I remember 
just having this beautiful moment. Well, then I take that title into the right, not thinking anything of it, but then Matthew West and Jeff Pardo, two separate people had that same title, hadn't spoken to each other. And we all come in with the same concept and title that we want to write about that day. And it's called my Jesus. And so that was something that was like, wow, like God is clearly working. But then again, you still don't know what a song is going to do. So we wrote the song. I thought it was kind of good. Didn't really think it was that good of a song. And then that was it left the right. And then sent it to my like team and they were loving it. They're like, this has to go on radio. And then again, like, okay, let's send it to radio, but didn't think anything was going to happen. And then that's when I started to see in 24 hours of it being released that God was literally saving people's lives through this song. Like a lady was addicted to alcohol and drugs at the end of her life, heard the song within 24 hours of it coming out and immediately checked herself into rehab and decided to give her life to Jesus. Like one story after another of how God was using the song. And then everything started to kind of make sense in my head to is why God allowed the tragedy to happen. Like God was preparing something bigger and God needed me to be a part of it for some reason. I don't know why, but God entrusted me with this one song to lead people to him. And so that was the coolest thing. And that's kind of when everything in my head started clicking and like, okay, like this song is changing people's lives. This is what God's doing through my life. And ever since then, I've just kind of been in awe, honestly, of (laughs) of what he's done. Cause it's crazy. It's still a daily thing that I experience with testimonies and stories, but, but yeah, that's kind of the, the story of it. And, um, and it's just, it's cool to look back and see what God's done with it. Girl, I bet that's overwhelming. Just all the stories. It's like more than you can count more than you can honestly fathom of like this yeah. one song. And the fact that you all came into that session with the same title, like that what? genuinely blows my mind. Like actually, crazy. Like that's the Lord when he's truly ministering to all y'all's hearts and then saying, I want you to come together and be a part of something that's bigger than you. But Mm -hmm. all of this came from your intimacy with the Lord. And, and, and you're like, well, I wonder why God wants me to be a part of this. You know why? Sister, it's because he trusts you. He trusts you with his heart because you are so tender and you know it's all about his presence. It's not about the performance. It's not about the platforms. Yes, does he want to use you on those things? Absolutely. But it all comes down to you being in the throne room. Yeah. And and that's with your Jesus. And it's yeah. personal. It is personal, personal, personal. And I think that's why so many people are relating to it is their eyes are being opened. The scales are being taken off their eyes of saying, oh, like, it's not just, you know, I'm saying a prayer before a mealtime or because mm-hmm. I have to, or it's a tough season. They're like, this can be a daily reality, yeah. you know, like what? And so you're truly extending a hand saying, hey, let me tell you about the one that literally saved my soul, saved my family. And sis, I just, I could just cry. I could just cry. (laughs) That's so sweet. Thank you, girl. It's just true. And you know, with my little community on the internet, my Instagram family, I I'm always encouraging them. Like we need to be praying for the people that we look up to because Mm -hmm. they've got a calling on their life and we have the joy and the honor to intercede for them. I mean, that's free. Like you can just open your mouth and start praising the father. I mean, my gosh, it don't take much. And it's not a perfect. I don't ever want to be a perfect prayer person. Quote unquote. I want to be a person of prayer. Okay. So girl, you know, who's on my list? You, 
You are on my list and I pray for you because I look up to you and you inspire me so much. And so truly the purity of your heart just shines. And so I love hearing you in a three and a half minute, four minute, five minute, whatever melody. I love that. Okay. Love that so much. And even in this conversation, I'm learning so much about you, but this book girl readers are leaders. So tell me about what it was like to, you say you're not a writer, that you would rather be doing some math equations and science projects. <laughs> what was it like to write this book? It was so fun. I mean, this book has been so incredible to be a part of, um, you know, thinking about the fact that I'm actually not a big book person. Like I grew up reading books in school, but not on the side. You know, I, I I've always read spiritual books though, like obviously the Bible and then like teaching books that help my faith grow, but I've never been someone that picks up like a fiction book or whatever. And so that was something that is interesting that I now have written a book at age 20 and I've just released it, which is, or it's about to come out. It's crazy. But, um, this book was, was actually just very last minute thought of, and it, I actually wrote it with a friend in two months, the whole book. Wow. And I was on the road while writing it and it was last fall and we just decided to do it. And I felt the Lord so like specifically call me to write this book so that I could tell the full story. Cause like we can do stuff like this right now and we can talk about it. I can talk about it on stage and Instagram, but I can't go into depth in the story of my life on social media. And so I wanted to put it in a book where it really talks about my childhood up until now and every miracle moment in between and what God's done. So that was kind of how the book came about was like me really feeling like the Lord was calling me to release it. And then I started to realize that it's not just a story about my childhood and what God's done in my life. It's even not just a story about like loss, but it's a story for everyone in every walk of life, whether you're going through a divorce, financial situation, a breakup, a loss of a loved one, you're depressed, you're anxious, you're a 13 year old girl who's insecure, whatever like your life thing is, everyone can relate with it. And the whole concept is from heartache to hope. And so it basically goes into detail of my story and what God did, but it also encourages people to, in the midst of their heartache, to remind them that there's going to be hope at the other end and that God's going to work through their story. And so it's just really been fun to see how this book has already been impacting people. Um, and I'm very excited about it. We worked super hard to, to make it the best it could be and really to explain the story in the best way that it could be explained. So I'm so excited about it. And, um, yeah, it's, it's called my Jesus, obviously, you know, about the song and, uh, it's really stems from that, but then goes into depth and it, it's really like, Honestly, it's worth reading just if you're just curious about the story, because it's so cool to see what God did in my life. Like I'm even still shocked by it to see, oh, he showed up. He answered his promises. He did exactly what he said he was going to do. And then it's like, you can apply that to your life, that God's going to do the same thing for you. So that's the whole heart behind it. And, um, I'm very excited about it. Girl, I'm so excited for you. Oh, truly what he does for one man, he does for another. And so this is just a testimony to say, hey, look at my life. You know what? He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So you know what? We're just going to testify. And you know what? Also, (laughs) glory to glory. Okay. There's going to be more books because here's the thing. So much is happening right now. You're going to be like, okay, we got to write part two. Let me tell you about what (laughs) the Lord has been doing in these next five years. And so I cannot wait to read this book and all the things that are to come with you. And so your album is literally out and you've got your book that's about to drop. So girl, you're on the road. What, what, what's next for you? 
You know, I'm, I'm out all this fall with casting crowns. We're going to, we have 37 shows. We're all over the country. So there's probably a place that y'all can come and, and check out a show. Um, and then I'm going on tour this Christmas with Phil Wickham. We're doing some shows in California, which will be so fun. And then next year I have a lot of exciting things I can't announce yet, but I've got a lot of tour dates coming up. So, uh, I'm just kind of on the road full time, which is my favorite thing because I get to connect with people individually and look them in the eyes instead of over social media and hear their stories and what they're walking through. And so, um, really just what's next for me is, um, being on the road all this fall, Christmas, all of next year, and a lot of exciting things coming next year. I cannot wait. So y'all, we got to keep up with our girl, Ann Wilson on the internet and come <laughs> do a show near you. And I have one final question, sister. I'm just curious. Okay. What is your dream collab to either sing with or to write with? Ooh, honestly, I have so many, but I love Stephanie Gretzinger. Mm. She's like mm-hmm. my favorite worship artist and she has been super important in my walk with the Lord. So I would say if I could do a collab with her, I've, I've written with her before and that was amazing. But doing a collab with her, I would, I would love that so much. Okay. Yeah. I love it. You heard it on here, y'all. In the yes. coming years that when that collab comes out, we'll be like, yeah. it happened. <laughs> That's incredible. Well, sister, thank you so much for joining us today. And I'm just so grateful for you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Y'all, thank you so much for joining me in this conversation with Anne. Isn't she just the sweetest? God is incredible. And I love him all the more after hearing Anne's story and how her family truly clung to their Jesus through heartache and how on the other side of even this, there is hope because it's who he is. And so friends, before we go, I would just love to pray for you. Oh, and also make sure you're listening to Anne's music and get this book. This is an incredible resource for us to just share with our friends and our family to lead us back to the throne room of God. (laughs) I love y'all so much. And so I would love to pray for you today. Lord God, I thank you so much for each and every friend under the sound of my voice. I pray that there would be a peace that surpasses all understanding that would come upon them right now in the mighty name of Jesus. That when they're afraid or when they're discouraged or when they are in need of truly light, God, that they would just say, Jesus, that you would be their light in the darkness in and through all things, that they would call upon you, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and God, you would give them rest. So God, I thank you for every dream and desire that maybe you haven't revealed yet to my friends. I pray that they would just trust in you with all their heart and that they wouldn't lean on their own understanding, but in all of their ways, they would acknowledge you knowing that you, God, are making their path straight. God, I thank you for the name of Jesus. I thank you for the power of life and death in the tongue. And I thank you that music is so healing. And so God, thank you for letting us be a part of your story and using us. Our yes is on the table and we love you. And it's in the mighty name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Y'all, I love you so much, and I will see you next week. But until then, do not forget, there is a song on your heart only you can sing. Your voice is important. Bye!